This is Gary Holt from Exodus, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Joe Satriani, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. What's up? This is Josh Todd from Buck Cherry, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Check it out. Welcome to episode 462 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 462, we welcome to the show from the band Buck Cherry. We're joined by Josh Todd. Uh, they'll be releasing a new album on the 25th of June. The album is called Hellbound, uh, features the uh, first single, So Hot, uh, song Hellbound. Uh, which is phenomenal, which I believe is the second single off the album. I've had an opportunity to listen to the entire album, and for fans who enjoyed the uh, the sound of the band, they are true-to-form, classic, buck-cherry-sounding songs, so I think you're going to be blown away. And also, they will be in town on July 7th, doing a show in Ross Draper, Pennsylvania, at the Vanosky Winery. If you check out vanoskywinery.com, and I'll also include links in the show notes for this, get tickets for that um so it's going to be fantastic to talk to a band about not only a new album which we've been doing for the last year and a half but also a new album and a tour coming to our town so a pleasure to talk to josh todd also joining us on the program um a man who a little bit difficult to describe um somewhat of a composer um a orchestrator uh sort of prog rock classic classical music fusion um kit wakely uh who has uh, just released a couple singles with joe satron in addition to his album which we will be discussing in great detail after we talk to josh todd so we're going to play a little bit of uh, brand new buck cherry get into the interview with josh todd Welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line from Buck Cherry, Mr. Josh Todd. How you doing today, Josh? What's up, John? I'm great, man. I got a great new record about to drop here uh, June 25th, Hellbound. And uh, we just released the second single, the title track, Hellbound. And uh, the video is really great. And uh, we're looking forward to hitting the road. It's been a while. 
Yeah, I notice you guys. When you say hit the road, that's that's kind of an understatement. You're leaving. Looks like Tuesday you hit the road, and you don't stop until damn near Thanksgiving. So it, it, you're going to be a yeah. Uh, that's that's correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, getting a I couple. mean, it's not really unusual for us. I mean, that's how we tour. But for you know, being at the tail end of a pandemic, uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, it is a it is a lot of shows for sure. Yeah, is is it? I, I know you guys did some shows last year. Uh, you you had done some leading up to kind of March when all hell broke loose, but you still kind of squeeze some shows in in different parts of the country. Um, what was that like as a performer, kind of having t- to work under those kind of you know kind of restrictions with crowds and distancing and stuff? Does that kind of kill you? You guys are kind of a high energy band. Was that hard for you as a performer? Yeah, you know, uh, it's hard because it's, you know, just, it's something really, something we've never faced, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, in our lifetime, you know, so that, in that regard, it was really hard, but, you know, um, we followed safety protocol, people were socially distanced, Um, most of those shows were outdoors, so it made it uh, a lot easier, and um, we got them off and gave people uh, some entertainment in a really tough time, and I'm, I'm... proud of that you know it's yeah. just uh it's been challenging for everybody all over the world you know so we're all vaccinated and uh ready to go and um i think the united states has handled it really well um as far as the vaccination uh output you know what we've done in, in the united states so that we can go out there and entertain people there's a lot of people uh touring yeah uh, it's coming just- up. It just seemed like in the last couple of weeks, you know, everybody just kind of came out of the woodwork with tours. But uh, I know you guys had had put this date out a while ago, so we were really looking forward to you guys getting in. And then had an opportunity to listen to Hellbound. Um, was was that album? I, I know you had an album in 2019 with Paint. Was Hellbound a scheduled thing, or was it something that you guys just kind of took advantage of the the fact that you were kind of held up and and needed something to fill the time? Yeah, no, it was not scheduled. We had a whole uh, tour. You know, we were we were still touring on War Paint. We had a whole year mapped out in 2020, and uh, just month after month, shows started going away, and we had to really shift gears and kind of and kind of uh, evaluate the situation, like everybody does when they're you know faced something like this. And 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 I said, you know, we're by the time all the dust settles, we're gonna have to have new material a new record you know be, to promote because uh it's gonna be you know quite a while almost two years since our last record you know yeah. i mean it's just so weird so we just started and i'm kind of i'm really grateful for that because we put all of our focus into that when there was all this chaos going on in the united states and and just everywhere you look there's so much negativity and um we just channeled our energy into this record and worked our asses off and it really paid off this is if it's not the best Box Cherry record, it's really up there with the best. Yeah, I mean, the thing I like about it is is it, it reminds me of, you know, not to say, you know, the exact same record or anything like that, but the energy of, of even your debut album, the songwriting is still first rate, and it's got that swagger that, um, you know, I think we ex- kind of come to expect from, from the brand of Buck Cherry. Um, so it kind of checks all the boxes, but... I, I, it almost feels a little bit more special. Maybe, you know, 
COVID added an extra ingredient to the kind of the songwriting or, or the themes in the record, but it seems like you guys have some really killer riffs. Hellbound. I was listening to the record um, before I realized you put out a second single tonight. I was like, boy, these guys have got to release the single of Hellbound. And there it was because it's such a strong song. Um, you know, so you're really kind of hitting on yeah, a one two so, punch with yeah. the first two singles. Yeah, we came out with So Hot. It's uh, out of the box, fun, uh, quintessential Buck Cherry song, and and the, and the video is really great too. The So Hot video, and yeah, and then uh, we we've been waiting on uh, dropping Hellbound for a long time. It's probably one of my all time favorite uh, BC songs. You know, it's up there with all the video you know, for my. I just felt like I, I really love the vocal performance and the, you know the, the just the whole thing. The whole production is amazing. Has, has the emphasis on on videos? You guys obviously kind of made your, you know, breakthrough in the in the very very late '90s um, as MTV sort of waned away. But I, I still see you guys putting a lot of of quality videos out. Um, is it become more important in the YouTube era than it was in the MTV era for you to have those videos, or how do you kind of differentiate, you know, the the, the importance you stress upon those videos? Because obviously they're expensive as hell to make. Yeah, I mean we make really low budget videos, and not like we used to, like way back in the day. But um, mm. it's super important now because uh, it's the only real place that people get a visual of the band you know because there is no other platform uh for for rock videos honestly um no, there's no platform for music videos in gen you know yeah at all i mean people go to youtube for all that stuff so um and it's a great marketing tool and you know with everything streaming now you know it's like you got streaming and videos you know for getting all you know the word out there on online and then and then you know the shows are where you uh perform and sell your merchandise so um that's the way it is right now yeah it's it's certainly a different paradigm that and you guys kind of you know kind of came in and and kind of broke through in popularity kind of at the tail end of when the physical media kind of started to wane in the napster situation and all that and it, it seems like it's only deteriorated from a, a marketing standpoint sans vinyl and t-shirts so it's it's you know I think so wonderful to see you guys being able to get back out because obviously the lifeblood of, of a band like yours has got to be the touring situation. So it'll be wonderful to see you guys. You're doing yeah, not not just for us. I've, oh yeah, for all, for all rock fans, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're not uh, in the pop music category, it seems like the you know the lifeblood is is getting back out on the road. Um, are you able to with the new album able to you know, obviously, you've got a, a legacy of material that people have, have come to expect from a Buck Cherry show. Are you able to kind of weave in a decent amount of the new record, or is it um, you kind of have to see how the, the you know the the market picks up on particular songs? Yeah, I mean, this record's so good. I'd I'd really want to play the whole record, you know, but uh, we can't. We you know, it's our ninth record. We have so yeah. many songs. We have over a hundred songs out there, and you know, our sets are typically, you know, 16, 15, 16 songs, you know, so, um, and you have all the usual suspects that people want to hear, you know, like Crazy Bitch, Lit Up, yeah. Sorry, Riding, those type of songs. So it's really um, rotating, 
you know, I rotate a good, like, six, seven songs every night. And um, as far as, like, Hellbound, we're playing So Hot, Hellbound. We're rotating uh, The Way and Wasting No More Time, No More Lives. We're kind of rotating those uh, songs. And then and then we added Gun to the set, which Gun is so good for the set. And, and then, you know, uh, it all depends from night to night, you know, if, if, if we've kind of, played a lot of some of those songs and we're like we want to go back to like some 15 songs or whatever right. you know we'll just jump all over the place and you know we have a, what I call uh, frequent flyers we got a lot of people that come to multiple shows so we got to mix it up you know yeah yeah you guys are kind of in that stage now where I, I think it's you you kind of dream about it when you're a young band but now you're in that situation where you're kind of a victim of your own longevity you, you know people will lynch you if you, if you don't play <laughs> yeah. particular songs but you listen, you know, you listen to right. Hellbound, and I think you're exactly right. You could walk out on stage, and if that was your debut album, play the whole show, and you'd walk away thinking, "Damn, that was a damn good band and a, and a, and a great show." But you know, yeah. what do you take out? You know, do you leave Crazy Bitch off? No, I don't. You know, it's kind of a, a, a issue no, there. No, can't do that. Can you talk a little bit about working with Marty Fredrickson? Uh, on the album now? I mean, was it a little bit different with the COVID situation and your relationship, or how you were? You know, were you able to co-locate to work on the album? No, I mean Marty. Marty works out of Nashville, and you know Stevie and I. We both live. We live about twenty minutes apart, and we, you know, we wrote a whole lot of songs before we even uh, linked up with Marty as far mm -hmm. as songwriting. So we would, you know, we would do a lot of the songs here, and then we would send him. We we would compile like a, a playlist, and and so he was always in the loop, listening to songs and. You know, occasionally we would send, send him a song and he'd remix like a demo of ours mm -hmm. or whatever and he'd have some ideas or maybe change a chord here and there. And, and that's how we kind of did it until we had so many songs. And then uh, our label, Roundhill, was like, you guys need to go to Nashville for a week and, and just write a few songs to Marty and see what happens. And we were like, yeah, let's do it. And so they flew us over there and, uh, you know, that's, that's where they're... Uh, stationed and and so is marty and and uh we worked around the clock for five days and we wrote six songs in five days and it's like it was such a special moment you know we couldn't write a bad song it seemed like you know we we just it was a non-stop uh around the clock i would go in in the morning i would sing for two and a half hours on a song and then I would leave and Stevie and Marty would work on a new composition of music and then they would send it to me like by like 4 or 5 p.m. And then I would take that composition and I would sit in my hotel room and write lyrics and melodies uh, until I was done with the song. And then I'd go in in the next morning and sing that song. And it was like, that's where So Hot came and Hellbound and Wasted No More Time and No More Lies, all those songs happened in that week you know so it was a it was a quite a quite an experience and a lot of fun yeah and like a, uh i told marty i go that was so fun i want to i go i want to i want to write a whole record in two weeks write and record it and he's like he's like easy there we gotta <laughs> slow down you know um he's uh yeah yeah you know marty is um he's, he's a really talented guy and when he gets in the fold you know he's He's like the six buck cherry uh, member, you know. He's yeah. um, he just he really understands the band, and we get along with him really well. And 
And, you know, it's fun. And you don't always find that with songwriters. We've tried writing with other songwriters in the past and just didn't gel, you know. And so when you find somebody that you, you enjoy, you know, you you, you want to go back to them. And Yeah. Um, he did a great job. He did a great job producing this record as well, you know. Are, are you guys a band? I, I see bands that will do this. They'll almost schedule time to write. Are you a band, you know, collectively that can kind of, do that. I mean, some people excel at saying, "I got two weeks. I got to make an album. It's going to be what it's going to be." And there's some people that you put that time constraint on it, and it's a disaster because of inspiration, maybe not there, etc. Do you guys are you able to schedule creativity? Uh, when we decide to make a record, we uh, we start and we don't stop till it's done. So I mean, it's just. It's a labor of love, but mm-hmm. it's around the clock, you know. I mean, we may we may take off like a one day a week, but you know, yeah. even on that one day you're taking off, you're thinking about song arrangements or what you did on the last song that you guys just recorded, or what you're going to do on a new song, or what new ideas you think you have, or what songs you don't have. Just always going through it in your mind, you know, and searching, and so um, that's part of the process, you know. I once I crack open my mind to make a record, I don't want to stop until it's done, you know. And yeah. so, um, Stevie, Stevie and I now have done, you know, three full records together because um, he didn't get to do a lot of he didn't get to have a lot of input in the, in, you know, in the past. And so to when when he became uh, when we got to utilize him more, it became a lot better because he's he just he's really uh really a talented guy and and we work really well together yeah and and that might be that sometimes i think talent notwithstanding sometimes that chemistry like you mentioned with marty some people just click you know the 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 combination is is so much greater than individual players and musicians that you get that chemistry it's fantastic well i want to congratulate you on the album hellbound it's a fantastic record it's coming out in um june i'm sorry um, you guys will be in July 7th to do a show just outside of Pittsburgh. You're doing several dates in Pennsylvania for those frequent flyers who want to catch you several times. And, Josh, I want to congratulate you and thank you so much for your time, man. Hey, I appreciate it, John. Uh, we'll see you over there. Make sure you come say hello. A big thank you again to Josh Todd. Again, July 7th, Vinosky Winery, Ross Driver, Pennsylvania. They'll be here in town in the flesh doing a live show June 25th. Hellbound released. You can get that streaming, uh, vinyl, CD, whatever you want. Uh, Check out the show notes. We'll have links to all of that stuff. We are going to turn our attention now to a man with an amazing piece of music that is available now. The album is called Sinners and Saints. The artist, Kit Wakely. Uh, Top of the show, I was kind of struggling almost how to describe it. It's it's a blend of orchestra, rock, uh, even some EDM uh, mixed in there. Kit uh, hit a lot of different charts with this album already. Um, and so we're going to get into that interview with him and kind of let him, I'm going to let you hear a little taste of it uh, and let Kit kind of explain what his music is. Uh, fascinating stuff. So, Mr. Kit Weekly.
squeakily. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, it's awesome to get a chance to talk to you. You have just released uh, Symphony of Sinners and Saints, uh, which has gone quite interestingly into a number of billboard charts of varying degrees, both rock, classical. I saw somewhere online, I think Google referred to it as New Age. Um, so really a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you about the project. Um, the music kind of, I guess to me, kind of borders almost on progressive symphonic hard rock but how do you describe it you know if you're you meet somebody for the first time and they say you know kid what is it you do how do you describe your music yeah i I pretty much tell them uh i start with the two words of orchestral rock and you know it's just a hybrid of you know an orchestra rock music a little bit of edm uh sometimes we throw in some piano and you know we just go for that big epic film score sound um that you know, tries to appeal to all the senses. That's, that's usually my short and, uh, in summary, uh, what I give them. So when you put together something like this, um, you know, I often kind of marvel. You know, I, th- I think of a, a you know a four or five piece rock band, which is typically what we're we're dealing with. You know, some guys might get in a room or a guitar player may sit sit down to a click track and come up with something. But you're you're kind of writing music in sort of a different world. When you when you approach the composition of the songs. Does it start as simple as a melody, or, or where do you, where does the inspiration come from? You know, a lot of times it does start with a melody, and then I just I build, you know, on that different parts and see how, you know, different instruments are going to interact with each other. Uh, sometimes I just want to come up with just a, an intro that uh, gets people, you know, get their attention. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those really cool intros lead into some good music. It just inspires it, you know, to continue the, the momentum for a, a verse and the melody. So when you're, when you're laying this out, uh, do you have a particular instrument that is... Do you, do you, I know you've played keys, you've played some horns and such in the past, but is the piano kind of where this starts? Yes, yes. Uh, most of the time... Uh, every yeah, probably most of the time it's going to be a piano, maybe a, a synth sound of some sort. Um, and sometimes it's just a, a drum beat that's just really caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, yes, piano. And, and do you write like I've, I've talked to you know rock bands that might in, incorporate a horn section, you know, and, and ask you know do you do you chart out you know parts for other musicians? How do you approach you know when you're playing with the symphony? You know, and, and dealing with very competent musicians on their instrument, how do you do? You chart each individual instrument, or you just say, you know, here's what I'm thinking, guys, and you just kind of speak the same language. No, I, I chart it. So you know, you know, I, I start out with a rough demo, then I start building actual parts from violin one, two, and three, and cello and bass, and then same thing with all the horns, and I, I chart all that once. I, I've built a pretty good arrangement. Now, mm-hmm. once I've done that, I, I, I visually look at that chart and go, you know what? We could, without even hearing it, I start to look at. We could probably use a nice fill here, mm-hmm. or visually I can see where we should be doing some crescendos and coming back down. And I go back and I build that into the demo. And once I have a really good understanding of that, I finalize the scores, uh, and then that's what we use those scores. That's what we use for recording and performances. When you write these parts, though, do you do you 
put it to something like Pro Tools so you can kind of multi-track, you know, so you can kind of hear these things in, in concert so you're not running parts that are competing or, or muddying the sound? Yes, Pro Tools is my go-to just because when you're dealing with Abbey Road or mm-hmm. uh, the bigger studios, that's what their go-to is. So let's make it easy, uh, you know, just to send them a Pro Tools session. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's what I use for as my my go-to. So my question: People think of Abbey Road as kind of hallowed ground. How does a, a musician just get studio time there? Is that something you you knew somebody, or is it something that you call enough far enough ahead you just get on the schedule? Is that is it that simple? Um, it's it is that simple, but. You call them up, you tell them, hey, I really want to do something here. They have a way they vet it out. They want to make sure, you know, mm-hmm. garage band's not coming in and right. uh, recording. Uh, they want to make sure they're dealing with somebody, um, I guess, if you will, responsible. Sure. Um, has uh, some either musical IQ or maturity or something to them. And uh, most people who are going to go to Abbey Road, they've got that. Mm-hmm. Or they wouldn't be wanting to go to Abbey Road. Um, so yes, you call up uh, early enough in advance, and you do send them what you're thinking and, and and what your plan is to record, and they can vet that out pretty quickly. Uh, if they know it's quality, great. If sure. they feel like, uh oh, eh, oh, I'm sorry, we're booked up for another two months or sure. three months, whatever happens. Yeah. So from from the Perspective, you know, something on this scale. Again, you're not five musicians with a, you know, a half stack Marshall, a bass amp, a set of drums. You're dealing with a whole cast of musicians and you know, producers. You're, you're arranging. How do you, you know, financially? Is this something that you kind of mortgage the future on to put this together, or is there a record label? You know, obviously, record labels aren't quite what they used to be. To put something like this. Yeah. No, I, I, I mortgaged the project myself. Uh, you roll the dice. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that the, the project's paid for itself. Oh. Am I making a profit? Probably, probably will make very little profit now that I've paid for it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a roll of the dice, unfortunately. Kit, I can't tell you how many musicians I've talked to off the record will still say they owe their record company advances. So if you've paid for it, you know, that, that's, you know, the way to... You know, if you could break even on any musical project like this, is 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 a win. Um, so, when when you're going through this, you know, you you worked with Joe Satriani, Andy Timmons, um, and, and I watched in an interview you did. You talked about um, you know, kind of asking Joe to be involved. When when you hand over music like this, that it has been kind of your baby to someone, anybody. And so, okay, please, you know, can you add a solo? Can you add, you know, some leads to this? How, how, is that a comfortable feeling? I mean, obviously, Joe Satriani's work, you know, as an instrumental guitarist is, is without question, but is that somewhat of a, a difficult thing to, to put your music out there and just hope you like what you get back? A little bit, but I'm blessed that the, the musicians I deal with, um, they listen to my demos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, get a really good vibe. We'll discuss it. I mean, I may write a, a bass part that I've fallen in love with, or a, a drum part. You know, mm-hmm. the drums uh, that 
I really like. But, you know, when the other drummer comes in, they start to add a little more hi-hat or they add a little bit more groove or whatever it is. Same thing with the bass player. So when it comes to someone like Joe, you know, he listened to everything, uh, talked to me about it. And uh, I think the first round, he pretty much did what I was hoping. And then he just, he said, he emailed me and said, hey, would you mind if I took some liberties? I'll, I'll still keep the flavor. I'll do everything. But can I, I'm like, get after it. I yeah. Mean, because it's always... It's great that you have your vision for a song, mm -hmm. but it's always good that you have someone else's vision as well, their thumbprint, more depth, clarity, better ideas. Uh, you just can't have demo love. You, yeah. you have to be respectful of what might come out of their creativity. Yeah, and that's a fantastic point. I think some people get so engrossed in, this is the way I wrote it, this is what it must be, that sometimes you you know you can't see the forest or the trees. Um, from a mixing and mastering perspective were you involved in that or was that done by someone else i was very involved in it okay how but again it was a collaboration how hard is it you know i think of the symphony from my own personal experience as somewhat of a submersive live experience but when you're going to you know compressed audio which is the world we live in how hard is it to balance, you know, a guitar, a cello, you know, other symphonic instruments so that you don't end up with just competing noise all in the same register? It's it's difficult. The biggest lesson I learned from my last album was, for example, if you're going to have a guitarist, you, they better have a very clean tone. Mm -hmm. They better almost be a metronome in of themselves just and and because you don't want a little bit of noise or being off a little bit conflicting with the arpeggiation to the strings mm -hmm. and then yay this is something that joe did a brilliant job of joe would play his part but when he when he heard a string run coming he backed out if he heard a really nice call and response between the french horns and you mm -hmm. know the violins he backed out and that's what we did with the entire mix. It's, it's absolute, a lot of automation, a, a ton of automation to make sure all those little parts, I mean, I wrote them for a reason, so let's not bury them. And uh, it takes a little longer. I mean, you're, you're dealing with 240 tracks. Uh, Yikes. But it, it works. Yeah, that's a lot of RAM for your Pro Tools. Um, I think of, you know, that, <laughs> that's quite a compliment, I think, without even coming out and saying it to Joe's, musical knowledge you know to be able to let the song breathe i guess for maybe lack of a better word because you think about you know in in his world he you know has sometimes a rhythm guitarist and a bass and that's it and he's carrying the song you know so his approach to delivery has got to be rhythmic melodic you know kind of he's the chief cook and bottle washer of the entire song but you know in your yeah. environment that same approach probably does not work because you know it would just be bombastic playing over top of and burying the rest of the to the ensemble so that's it's really you know that that's, it works so well we did yeah. three more tunes uh, he came back and needed three more songs and we'll we'll try to figure out how to release those later and he did just as brilliant of a job on those as well Wonderful. Now I see you're you're doing. You, you had done a live performance. Am I correct of this? Uh, back in May, just, just and got then got redoing more at the Civic Center. 
how how is exciting is that after all everyone's been through to to finally get to pull the curtain yeah. back and do this in front of an audience? Oh, it was I, I it was a high uh, in itself. I've I've never done drugs, but if if that's what it's like, I can see why it's <laughs> addictive. Uh, to hear the to hear the audience, you know, just appreciate it and mm-hmm. clap and yell and quite you know sc- you know scream and appreciate it. Uh, to be able to have that massive stage show of all the lights and the lasers and the, the energy of all the musicians, mm-hmm. I mean, it just comes together. It's a perfect storm for, you know, uh, a hell of a night. It, it's just, wow. Uh, and it went over great. Now, that was in, am I correct, that was in your home of Oklahoma, that show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, we were which, among, which the is... The radio stations were making a big deal about us being the, the people to kick in the door uh, live performances again. Yeah, that had to be really special. But I have to admit, looking at your schedule, even though there's only one other date on it, the next one's got to be huge at Carnegie Hall. How, how exciting! Yes. You know that's got to be like oh, I, book the whole week. Don't schedule a thing. <laughs> this is all I'm doing. Um, is that kind of a, a yes. dream come true? Absolutely. Uh, you just you just kind of have this bucket list of things, whether it's Abbey Road or working with legends or hitting Billboard, uh, Carnegie's one of them. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have aspirations of doing this in other live settings or is that still kind of depending to be seen? Obviously this isn't something you can just throw in a, in a single coach bus and take from town to town quite easily. No, it's not. Uh, you know, we've been talking with other cities uh, the problem is when you have a 25% occupancy, it doesn't mm-hmm. pay for itself. Sure. Uh, you know, um, but we know that we can do some moderate size venues with the moderate size show, if you will, mm-hmm. and still pull it off with about three or 400, and I say, yeah, three or 400, 500 people tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we're working on now that we'll do between now and uh, Carnegie for sure. Now, one of the things that when I listen to the music, um, I think it maybe it's just ingrained in the types of movies, but it has a very cinematic feel to it. And then I was looking at some of your videos, uh, particularly the ones I enjoyed with Russell Westbrook, um, even though you might not enjoy Russell Westbrook anymore. But um, <laughs> the uh, does a music like this, does this kind of beg to be licensed for that kind of use? Is that something you pursue or management pursues for you? Yes. So once once we've kind of uh, met the season, if you will, mm-hmm. for release and getting things like Billboard, now it's, okay, let's talk about venues and mm-hmm. let's talk about licensing. And I think I have a meeting tomorrow on the phone uh, with radio promotions. Um, and so that's the next phase of, of the project. Excellent. Well... Kit, I want to thank you very much. Uh, again, Symphony for Sinners and Saints is out now. I know it's available on your website. Uh, it's Amazon, all the streaming services if you want to get a more compressed version. Um, but I want to congratulate you, a fantastic uh, musical listen. And I think really, I think fans of, you know, some of the genres of like prog rock, dream theater and things like this are just going to go nuts for this stuff. So it's a, it's a real pleasure to talk to you, man. Oh, no, thank you. You've been more than gracious. I appreciate it. Are you ready? Horn, live in concert. Summer Tour 2021. Something takes a 
Pavilion at Star Lake, Friday, September 3rd, 2021. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. Corn with special guest, Stained. Check more at CornOfficial.com. Part of the Bordis and Bordis concert series. Never be the same again. All right, again, thank you to Mr. Kit Wakely. Sinners and Saints is available now. Topped all kinds of charts, all kinds of different charts. I think that's what makes it so cool. I mean, hard rock digital song sales, uh, you know, the, the classical type charts and, and things. So it's really cool to see something kind of cross boundaries like that. And, and I think, you know, for, for listeners who, you know, maybe are starving for something a little bit different, you take a piece of music that, I mean, everyone knows the name Joe Satriani in the world of listening to this show. Um, he's been a guest on the show many times. Uh, when you approach somebody of his caliber and he puts his endorsement to it and agrees to play on it, you get an idea of what you're dealing with uh, quality-wise. So give yourself a, a, you know, take a break from something you're listening to. Maybe you need something new in your playlist. Kit's music is phenomenal. Uh, and it would be really cool to see this live. So fingers crossed um, things go well for him in Radio City Music Hall and we get to see this on the road. Um, be really a, a cool opportunity so check that out and again uh, josh todd buck cherry hellbound will be available on the 25th of june so just in a few days and also they will be in town ross Traver, pennsylvania july 7th you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com for info on all of this we're on facebook instagram youtube twitter tiktok you name it uh iron city rocks so check that out also want to invite you to check out pghcitypaper.com we would very much appreciate your nomination for Best Podcast in Pittsburgh. It's under People and Places when you go there for their Best of Awards. You can nominate daily. Uh, this is a change from years past where you can only do it once. Um, so we would very much appreciate your nominations. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to reach more people. Um, you know, Podcasting is not an extremely lucrative endeavor for anybody. Um, so it's an opportunity to kind of show the world... Uh, of Pittsburgh that there is is a strong interest in music um, so we would appreciate that uh, drop us an email ironcityrocks at gmail.com tell us what you think of the show people you might want to hear on the show people you're tired of hearing on the show whatever it is love to hear your feedback and until next time we want to thank you most of all for listening <laughs>